60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane, 107.5. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, September the 27th, here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Monday night football, the Dallas takes care of the Giants. Uh, boy, Dallas is, uh, I guess, uh, pass rush is outstanding. Five sacks last night, 13 on the year. Leads the NFL. Uh, pretty impressive right now. Uh, Daniel Jones trying to do what he can do for the Giants, but uh, had to scramble. Dallas ends up winning 23-16. Uh, they have to come back to win, though, uh, as the Cowboys uh, pick up their second win of the year. They're 2-1 on the year. They're lost uh, are they three and one in the year? Two and three and one. Two and one. They Two and played one. Three yeah. games. That's right. And they lost their first game to Tampa Bay, nineteen to three, and that's when uh, Dak Prescott injured his thumb, and I think he had his stitches removed during the week, or maybe yesterday. Yeah, in fact, he thinks uh, not next week uh, or this coming game, but he thinks week five he could be back. Yeah, he, it, they, he's hearing him yell, "Coop." Coop, because he's getting the job done. <laughs> so Dak is motivated to come back. And it, not surprisingly, is, uh, Cooper Rush is uh, doing a heck of a job, too. He looked pretty comfortable back there uh, filling in for him. Uh, of course, uh, uh, as I mentioned, they sacked Jones five times, pressured him 24 times. And when the Cowboys needed uh, Coop, uh, most in the second half, uh, he was at his best, too. He completed uh, 12 out of his 13 passes for 129 yards, leading back-to-back touchdown drives. The first drive ended with Ezekiel Elliott uh, scoring uh, for the fifth straight, fifth straight game to tie it. And the second ended with Rush throwing a perfect fade route to C.D. Lamb, uh, uh, and a one boy, what a one-handed grab, too, uh, with about 830 to go to play in the regulations. So Rush's final numbers weren't really great, but they were uh, in line 21 out of 31, 315 yards and a score, uh, and they were good enough to win. And, uh, you know, he's just the third Cowboys quarterback to win his first three career starts. The other two, Jason Garrett, the former head coach, and Hall of Famer, Roger Staubach. There you go. And you know, I, I tell you what, um, when you don't have an elite quarterback, you know, take care of the football at least. Yeah. You know, don't turn it over, uh, no fumbles, no uh, interceptions, manage the game, and let uh, the rest of the folks uh, step up. Uh, and that's when you really need a good defense, too, and obviously they had a nice defensive performance last night. They did, and uh, their defense is going to be something to uh, uh, look at through the course of the year. Uh, the Giants were 2-0 and coming into this game, and uh, – uh, Burke, uh, Barkley looked pretty good last night, too, in the times he carried the ball. He scored on about a 35-yard run uh, early in the game. And, you know, the three wins, all three wins have come with game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime, making him just the second quarterback to do so in the Super Bowl era. You know who the other quarterback was? A name from the past, Virgil Carter, the old, mm. the old Bengal quarterback back in the late 60s, I do believe, or early he 70s. He played with the Bears, too, I think. Uh, I remember him mostly with the uh, Bengals back in the day, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Virgil Carter. I think he was a Brigham Young product, too, if my memory serves me right. Anyway, but the Cowboys, uh, 13 sacks, leads the NFL, and uh, – uh, he, he played with the Bears 68-69, then uh, Bengals 70-73, and then back in Chicago with the World Football League team, the Chicago Fire. Finished out uh, with San Diego, and then another year with Chicago, the Bears, in 76. 
I, I, I knew uh, I heard the name. The, the, yeah, the, I remember him with the Bengals. Uh, with uh, I can't was Paul Brown still with them or was I don't think Sam Weich was. Uh, oh no, that was way before yeah. Sam Weich. Sam Weich is dead. <laughs> we live in Cincinnati. We, we're not Cleveland. Was <laughs> his famous <laughs> cry? I can still recall. Anyway, yeah, uh, and then for folks who don't know that, um, he, he was saying that to the stadium. He was at a microphone and he's right. talking to Three Rivers or no a Riverfront Stadium. Yeah, he's got crowd. the PA mic. Yes, the PA mic telling fans to behave. We're not in Cleveland. <laughs> It was great. It was epic. It was, it was really. It was really. Anyway, uh, anyway, Ezekiel Elliott, first player in Cowboy history, have a rushing touchdown in five straight games against the Giants. Though so, uh, their next game uh, against the Commanders, the Giants uh, blueprint had uh, they uh, try to keep a low scoring game. Uh, and uh, Wink Martindale's defense didn't hold up quite as well. Giants fall to two and one on the year uh, from the ranks of unbeaten. Now the only division rival, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dolphins remain undefeated. Still, New York remains in decent shape. And, and uh, of course, they have the Bears on deck at MetLife uh, this coming week. So, uh, not too bad, Jeff, as the uh, the Giants, uh, you know, boy, they've been bad for a long time, too. Uh, even mm. though the end of uh, Eli Manning's tenure there, when they went with uh, – was it Jones they went with over Eli? Yes. Eli's last yes. year, and Eli sat down and thought it's time to move on. Didn't catch any of the Manning show on the other channel. I think no. Tracy uh, on ESPN2, uh, Saturday Night Live uh, comedian Tracy, uh, I can't think of his last name, hurt in a big-time automobile accident a while back, uh, Saturday Night oh, Live okay, performer. Yeah. Former SNL performer, Thirty right. Rock. Uh, yeah, that that's him. Morgan, 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 Tracy, Tracy yep. Morgan. Yeah, I can't recall. Anyway, but he was on with them uh, live and a big Giants fan, so he was booting and uh, hollering, screaming and all. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Giants don't uh, not able to come back. Uh, Dallas secures the victory and go to two and one on the year. And um, Cooper Rush uh, rallying him. Uh, probably got another game. Uh, in that regard, of course, people in this area are keeping their eyes on boy, Tampa is supposed to uh, entertain. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is it the Cowboys? No, it's not the Cowboys. Uh, the game in Tampa this New week. In- no, no, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City's heading to uh, Tampa this weekend. For- I, I don't think Miami's a good place for them to relocate. Uh, and right that's now. what it's, they're talking about. It's, it's getting battered as we speak, and it's probably going to be seeing some of those outer bands. It's not going to get the brunt of this, but. They're heading to Miami at least to work out, but yes. it seems to me that's a bad idea. I wouldn't head to Jacksonville either, but yeah. they really should think about Birmingham or something like that. Yeah, or even, uh, you know, in Miami, uh, they play a Thursday night game up in Cincinnati, so uh, they're going to be going. Superdome's uh, available yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I Obviously, uh, the Saints are going to be in D.C., uh, D.C., uh, London. That's right. And uh, Tulane doesn't play there anymore. So I would imagine that that would maybe be the best location. They're used to it. It's a stadium they're familiar with. And it's covered. Yeah, and it's covered. But but the rain ain't going to be an issue. (laughs) Not this weekend. Oh, you're right. So not sure what's going to take place. I'm trying to see. uh, Of course, uh, Jacksonville is at Philadelphia. So, uh uh, as you mentioned, there it's available, but will that storm turn, or they're going to get a lot of wetness uh, on that uh, east side? Mm-hmm. So uh, and the storm's storm. heading up through Georgia, 
So I don't think Atlanta's a good idea, not for the fans at least. Yeah, and at Atlanta this weekend, uh, uh, tr- uh, they're at home. Uh, they, t- they take on uh, Cleveland at home uh, this Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday at noon. Uh, so um, Th- That storm's going to be past uh, Atlanta by 2 a.m. Sunday. It'll be the center of the system expected to be somewhere in uh, the neighborhood of South Carolina, North Carolina border, north of Atlanta. But the storm's going to be uh, early Saturday morning in uh, southern Georgia and then work its way up into the Carolinas. And the speed of that storm, not the miles per hour, but the movement. Yeah, moving to the north at about 12 miles it's an pretty hour quick. right now. Well, it's over land, and again, I'm not saying that has anything to do with the speed of the storm, but it is over land and very well-defined eye over western Cuba right now. So uh, we'll see what's going to transpire with that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if uh, the Tampa Bay people, uh, what's going to become of that. Uh, of course, Tampa well, Bay. I hope they're escaping right Yeah, now. you're right. Uh, it's it, They're going to get battered pretty good. I think the winds, it, it's a, a, a three right it's now. It's a three right now, expected to be a four at some point. Uh, while, why, if it maintains that status before landfall, uh, tough to predict, but it is expected at some point to reach cat four status yeah well anyway uh the saints These storms uh, aren't getting weaker yeah the saints uh i think we heard yesterday P, uh, bob rose told us that the saints were leaving from carolina straight to uh england yeah. uh so they're they're out of uh the uh, way of that storm so uh they head over to uh england mario england take on the vikings in a uh, sunday morning game uh i guess you could have your your shrimp and grits, maybe. Uh, In fact, that is uh, on the menu uh, over at the Quarter Tavern. Uh, again, R3 providing a meal. No, no charge necessarily, but we uh, are seeking donations for St. Jude's uh, Sunday morning. Uh, kickoff at 8.30. Food service, uh, I would imagine, uh, about that time as well. Then a band uh, after the Saints game. Yeah, and the Saints uh, trying to just shake some of the cobwebs of uh, – uh, basically, they're scoring all their points, it seems like, in the fourth quarter. But uh, they need to sh- get their head straight and hopefully uh, get uh, back on the roll again as they take on the Vikings in that game uh, uh, played Sunday morning uh, our time, uh, 8.30. Uh, let's see, I guess a five-hour difference, so maybe 1.30 uh, over in uh, London. Uh, it seems like it's about a five-hour difference. I, I always times. forget. Normally it's six, and I think it changes with – because we uh, observe daylight savings time, they do not. And but I never remember what it is if we lose an hour, gain an hour, uh, as far as the time difference. But you're probably right, five hours now. Well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna. It's uh, easy enough to look, uh, especially on your phone these days. That's uh, right. Say, what that's time right. is it in London right now? Uh, you're right. So we. Uh, I'm gonna pump it in real quickly and uh, see. But uh, that eight more eight thirty in the morning. I also want to remind folks too. Uh, it's going to be on the NFL Network, not on CBS or Fox. That uh, usually brings that about. Uh, anyway, right now, uh, let's see the clock in Mario, London. It's one twenty-three p.m. Uh, so at uh, six hours, six then. hour difference. Yeah, of course, with daylight savings time coming into play. Um, anyway, one uh, so basically over there it'll be uh, one thirty. Uh, no, it'll be two thirty. Yeah, it would be two thirty, eight thirty our time, two thirty their time. So over in London, it's uh, an open air stadium, but it's Wembley got a Stadium lot of cover. Wembley, the, yeah. Is it, are they playing in Wembley? I, I believe so. The new okay. Wembley and shadows will be a big factor, even though it's open air. 
Yeah, and I'm sure the crowd will be quite uh, jovial, too, uh, in that regard. Of course, you wonder how many Americans. They're hoping the Internet goes out and they get free beer. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, you know, it's a little thing that start to kill the Saints, and you mentioned that yesterday, withholding calls and uh, procedure penalties. and uh, And, You know, we didn't even touch on Will Lutz missing two kicks. I know. Amazing. Having one blocked. Yeah. and uh, He took the blame for both, the trajectory of the one that got blocked. Yeah, one of the sports writers in uh, New Orleans uh, talked about, uh, you know, it's not a time to panic, you know, disheartening loss. Uh, of course, they had that last year uh, with regard to the Panthers. Uh, they looked like uh, Super Bowl champions on the rise, beating Green Bay last year in Jacksonville, and then uh, headed over to Carolina and just laid a stinker. Uh, got beat, I think, 26-6, something of that nature, and just looked horrible while Winston running for his life. So, uh Anyway, beat writer Jim Derry uh, said this could be the worst Saints team in more than 20 years. And the Spencer and the Guru said he expected a similar dreary season after the team's 0-3 start against the spread. But, uh, hey, as long as you win, that's what counts. They did beat Atlanta, and uh, they haven't uh, looked real good since offensively. Defense is still playing very well and uh, just need to find some uh, players. Olave showed that he can catch the football and move. Let's just hope, Michael, I haven't heard anything more on Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry with regard to their injuries. I uh, understand uh, one was maybe an ankle and the other a knee. Uh, so uh, those injuries, are, let's hope uh, that they – well, here's something. Uh, usually the uh, injury report comes out on Wednesday, so tomorrow morning hopefully we may have something uh, for this – for the start of the week uh, in that area, the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point pick in that game. The over and under is around 40, I do believe, or 44 possibly. I was looking at that momentarily at 44. So, uh, and um, Saints offense needs to score. Uh, the Vikings defense are not tearing it up either. Uh, they rated uh, points allowed. They're t- uh, 25th in the league, giving up almost 40 points a game. Um, like to see the Saints score in the somewhere in the 20s, maybe uh, mid to high 20s would probably secure the win for them. But uh, you just never know, Jeff, uh, how bad uh, Winston's back is bothering. You know, a few times you've seen him throwing off his back foot. And, uh, I'm just um, I'm wondering, uh, you know, uh, in an injury like that, whether it be your back, it, it controls your arm, your legs. And after a while, it gets to your head. So we'll see what Winston uh, has up come uh, Sunday morning, uh, bright and early. Uh, shrimp and grits, as you mentioned, is available at the Quarter Tavern if you want to watch the game. So um, anyway, that's pretty much we'll keep an eye on that and report during the week. and see Something about some breakfast burritos, too, I think I heard him talk about. Okay, breakfast burritos. So uh, and have uh, – I guess your uh, um, mimosas and uh, uh, Bloody Marys. Uh, Normally a Bloody Mary special uh, before noon on Sunday, so, yeah, check it out. Anyway, so uh, that's a big picture right now. Of course, uh, during other segments this morning, uh, we'll talk about some uh, high school football. Uh, the polls are out again. Uh, Major League Baseball was still looking for 61, as uh, the Yankees have eight games left. Uh, we saw them walk judge a couple of times yesterday uh, and i i don't think it was because they don't want they don't want judge to beat them correct is what they don't want it's not that they don't want him to get the record uh, they don't want him to beat them they ended up losing an in extra innings uh, blew an opportunity in the top of the 10th toronto 
uh, did not blow their opportunities in the bottom of the tenth and won. Uh, I'm not sure if it was three to two, four to three, whatever the case it was. Uh, it was nodding off uh, by the time uh, that tenth inning rolled around. Watched a little exhibition hockey last night. Too. Come on, that's right. Uh, they're, they're, Islanders that's and going. Rangers uh, last night. Tonight, the Blackhawks uh, begin their preseason schedule, uh, taking on St. Louis. So I will uh, be looking forward to uh, watching that. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, the Dodgers are on a pace to win 113 games when we all thought the Yankees are, mm. earlier during the summer was on a pace to win 120. Not that 120. we discounted the Dodgers because at the start, the Dodgers lineup looked like it was the best in baseball. And their pitching staff, and they even lost um, the one kid who was who started gangbusters. Um, no pitcher. No, oh, uh, the pitcher. The, the pitcher who oh. uh, looked like a Cy Young Award winner in June. He got injured, uh, but they continue to win uh, without him. Yeah, they've got probably the top pitching staff. Uh, of course, the Mets, their top two or three hurlers uh, are right there with them uh, in that regard. But uh, we'll see uh, how that all comes out. But there's some interesting news. You know, Mattingly is out uh, as the Marlins uh, manager. And Tony La Russa, I think La Russa's got to be pushing 80. Uh, I think he was 77, uh, maybe turning 78 uh, in the off season. And, yeah, had a pacemaker um, that was failing, and they did some surgery to do that and thought he could come back. And it's a shame because, you know, the White Sox started to play better, not necessarily without him, but they it, it was almost like they were playing for Tony. Uh, but then uh, they just started to falter, and how they went from two back to ten back in such a hurry uh, was amazing fail to watch that's yeah for sure i'm with that i remember you mentioned to me you you think you saw him one one evening or one afternoon asleep on the bench mm. uh, uh in that regard but larusa could have been the failing pacemaker yeah this is true <laughs> you know uh casey stingle once said he got fired from the yankees when he was 70 and he said quote casey i'll never be 70 again mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway uh, uh but, you know you're alluding to the fact he's certainly not coming back this year and no reason to at this point but whether he returns next year or not uh, i think there was some doubt as to whether he would finish this season yeah. because the team was not meeting expectations uh, especially the expectations when they brought him in that's right and uh and Mattingly's gone. Mattingly coach coached the uh, Dodgers for a good many years. And uh, I'm trying to think anybody else besides the Marlins who might have uh, coached it, or managed, I should say. It, it didn't uh, strike me in that regard. So, yeah, I uh, don't think so. I think he went from the Dodgers to Miami. And uh, he never did manage the Yankees, no. No, no. no. He, he, I think he was an assistant under Joe Torre for a while. Yes. And, and then you know, Torre actually went to L.A. first. That's right. That's correct. Uh, after he left the Yankees, and that's maybe when Don followed him there, and then when Torrey retired, he took, he took over. over. That's right. That's right. And Torrey, of course, uh, managed the Cardinals, the Braves, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. So uh, he's been around. I think the Mets also. Mets, yeah. Uh, May have so, been his first job before the Anyway, uh, with that, so um, Dodgers on the pace to win 113. Uh, the Guardians clinched, I do believe, a playoff spot. Sunday, yeah. And uh, so they'll be in the playoffs for the first time in three or four years. So uh, good for them. Um, of course, the old Cleveland Indians. Uh, basically, so uh, anyway. Uh, of course, the, curse, the curse was lifted. Yeah. And now That's... they are back in the playoffs. Um, now, if they win the World Series, that'll really be amazing. 
And there's going to be a whole bunch of Native Americans saying, we told you, we told you, get rid of that name. Anyway, of course, the last time the, uh, the Indians uh, won a World Series was in 1948 when they beat the Braves, uh, Spawn Insane, uh, and uh, Lou Boudreau was a shortstop, and I think the manager on that team also. And uh, last time they won the World Series, 48. They've played in it a couple times since then. In 54, they played. The, the Giants ended up beating them. That was a Willie Mays catch. And then again in what? Uh, 97. 90, yeah, 97. And again, uh, the Marlins beat them in 97, I believe. And th- they lost to the Braves, too, yeah, didn't in they? In 95, didn't they? No, th- maybe not. Yeah, that, that's, I think you're right. I think that Atlanta beat the, uh, the Cleveland in 95. Uh, uh, for Atlanta's uh, lone uh, World Series win since the 57 team. And then, uh, they, of course, they won it last year. Uh, the, the Braves did in uh, 2021, uh, pretty sure. And the other, other time, the Braves won the pennant was 1914, the Miracle uh, Braves, back in, when they were in Boston. And then again in 57, they beat the Yankees. The Yankees came back the next year and beat the Braves in 58. And then they played again. Yeah, they did lose to the Braves in 95. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Cleveland also lost to the Marlins, I believe, in 97. Uh, Yes. And then, of course, didn't they lose another? Didn't they make the World Series during the teen years? 2016 when the Cubs beat them. Yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, so. uh, I'm going to remember that one most of the time. Oh, I think you will. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first break. Of course, later on this morning, we'll have Coach Terry Martin on around 8 o'clock talking about his Laurelville Tigers. So you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack and on Sunday, 5th edition plays after the Saints game from 1 to 5. The Saints play at 8.30 and the Quarter Tavern will be serving breakfast by R3. Donations accepted to benefit St. Jude's. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry and now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. 
I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday morning, September 27th. Uh, and Jeff, uh, Louisiana high school rushing record was broken over the weekend, uh, Friday night up in North Louisiana. And uh, from Union Parish, uh, the Farmers, uh, their fourth game of the year, uh, their LSU Tiger commitment, uh, Trey Holly rushed for 247, uh, was 247 yards shy of Nick Brosetti's state record of 8,704 yards. And that he set at uh, ULAB uh, up in uh, to, from 2010 to 14 in the former 62 to 12 win over the Bastrop Rams. He ran for over 250 yards to break the record. His journey to breaking the record started when he was in the eighth grade as he ran for 849 yards in his first varsity season as an eighth grader up there at uh, Union Parish, which is in Formerville. And to my knowledge, it's the only high school in the parish, so uh, they closed down some other smaller schools and uh, can join them uh, up in uh, Union Parish. So uh, the former Formerville team now is uh, the Union Parish team. His, he followed that up with a 1,638-yard season as a freshman to combine for 5,342 yards, 77 touchdowns his sophomore and junior seasons. And to celebrate the record, uh, of course, he rushed to his family in the end zone to give them uh, the ball he carried to break the record and celebrate the huge accomplishment. You know, he's got six more games left in his senior campaign. How many yards he will finish with, who knows. But Did his eighth-grade numbers count? Uh, yeah, that's what they mentioned uh, here in this article. Uh, that's For one, that's a big help. But two, is he a man among boys where he is just dominating these small kids? Would he... Do that in uh, District 3-5A. He's 5'7". Yeah. 5'7". So how big mm. was he as an eighth grader? Yeah. He must geez. have some wheels. That's all I can think. And short and compact, 5'7", uh, maybe 5'8". I don't think he's any larger than that. I remember hearing his name uh, mentioned over the last couple of years, too, uh, not knowing that he would break the rushing record. But will his record ever be broken? Uh, that remains to be seen how he'll uh, celebrate that. But he's an LSU commitment. He's about 5'7", maybe 5'8", about 175, 80 pounds. Uh, I guess he can run like the wind is what I'm figuring uh, if he uh, played as an eighth grader. Because, I mean, I'm sure he's grown an inch or two unless he's one of those uh, – how would you say 14 or 15-year-old eighth graders? That's a possibility. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm surmising. I'm guessing not to take anything away from him. But uh, to gain 849 yards as an eighth grader is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And Nick Brosetti uh, played at LSU from uh, 15, I think 19. I think he was on that championship team in 2019. Didn't play a whole heck of a lot. Uh, had a couple good games uh, when, uh, with injuries to other players. Uh, but uh, Trey Holly right now, uh, the all-time leading rusher in Louisiana high school football. So uh, hats off to him in that regard. Also, I was trying to uh, pull up the new uh, 
Louisiana high school football poll uh, for Louisiana's rankings uh, from the Louisiana sports writers. And uh, uh, it seems to me I was catching uh, last week's numbers. I don't know if you have access to. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, the advocate does have the freshest numbers. Uh, I can see. Well, no, that's a metro area. Let's see, uh, Louisiana sports writers, a uh, football poll. I'm pretty sure it comes out, oh, a little after midnight, maybe early this morning. Uh, let's see if I can find one. Here, I've got one uh, that's max prep. So uh, here's one. Here we go. Uh, the new poll out this morning. Nope, that's not it either. So I uh, hadn't seen it. And I'm sure the Westgate Tigers, our local high school team, is still number one in 4A. Uh, thought I had it a while ago. Uh Looking at the uh, poll numbers, but uh, let's see if this this might be it here. Um, no. This is offering me standings in districts uh, in the metro area. I yeah. thought it was the prep poll, but apparently not. Uh, just some standings throughout yeah. the metro area. Yeah, this might be it. I, I might have just uh, come upon it uh, here. Let's see, Louisiana sports writers uh, poll. Yeah, here we go, 5A. Uh, Destrahan. Destrahan now is the new number one uh, ranked team in 5A with a 4-0 record. Uh, had four first-place votes. Uh, uh, Baton Rouge Catholic is in second. Carr, which, Carr are you ready, which is one in three. Yeah, number three. Uh, yeah. One in three. Yeah, uh, the number and, three and ranked team. six first-place votes. That's right. Uh, Zachary comes in fourth. Rustin fifth. Of course, Rustin uh, dismantled uh, LCA, I think, uh, over the weekend. Uh, Lafayette Christian. Acadiana comes in at six. Bird High School, 4-0 at seventh. Brother Martin, 3-1 and one at eighth. Archbishop Romo at 4-0, ninth. And John Curtis, 3-1, and one, uh, coming in tenth. Others receiving votes. In our area, Southside got, and Karen Crow got a vote. Southside got five votes. Karen Crow won. So uh, congratulations to them. Of course, Southside with a big win over the Yellow Jackets uh, Friday night. Uh, elsewhere in the 4A poll, of course, uh, Westgate comes in. They've got 10 first-place votes. Uh, they're 4-0, followed second by Neville, uh, Neville uh, with 3-1. and one. Lafayette Christian, 3-1 and one also. They're third. St. Thomas Moore, they're 3-1. and one. So three out the top four teams in 4A. All play in the same district. Warren Easton comes in at fifth. De La Salle, sixth. Lutcher, seventh. Leesville, who Catholic High played, uh, even though the Panthers got beat. Leesville's 4-0. Uh, they beat the Panthers 26-0 last Friday night up in Leesville. We'll have the Catholic High Eunice game on Friday night, uh, 6.30 airtime around 7 o'clock kickoff. North DeSoto comes in at ninth. Bell Chase at tenth. Uh, in the area for the Turlings, another team from that district has got 23 uh, uh, votes. They're uh, coming in at 11th. Uh, no one, uh, Cecilia's got two, two uh, votes also in that. In AAA, Union Parish, Trey Holly, uh, Union Parish is 3-1. and one. They're the number one ranked team of the Louisiana Sports Writers Association. E.D. White coming in second. ULAB third. Church Point fourth. Amy fifth. Madison Prep out of Baton Rouge, 6th, Abbeville, 7th, St. James, 8th, and Lake Charles Prep, who uh, I believe the Westgate Tigers beat earlier this year. They come in ninth in uh, Iowa, over 10 miles uh, east of Lake Charles, comes in 10th. Others receiving votes. Uh, St. Martinville had six votes. Uh, and uh, if, uh, let's see, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16th in the poll. 
uh, elsewhere in AA, Manny, who uh, beat Bag Newman uh, this past weekend. Uh, they come in at 4-0. Newman comes in second at 3-1, who they lost to Manny. Oak Grove uh, third, Notre Dame fourth, St. Charles Catholic fifth, North Caddo sixth, Dunham out of Baton Rouge seventh, Calvary Baptist out of Shreveport eighth, Mangum up there in northeast Louisiana ninth, and Avalls Parish uh, tenth. Others receiving votes. Anybody in our area? Not really. In the Class A, Washtenaw Christian is number one, followed by Homer, that's up in North Louisiana, H-O-M-E-R. And Southern Lab, third. Kentwood, fourth. Logansport, uh, fifth. Vermilion Catholic, still six. Uh, they're 4-0 oh, and uh, champions of, uh, I think now it's 8-2A. <laughs> Elsewhere, St. Frederick's comes in seventh. That's up in Monroe. Riverside Academy along the river, eighth. Glenbrook Academy, not sure where they are. They're ninth. And Ascension uh, Catholic uh, comes in tenth. Uh, and others receiving votes, any in our area, Central Catholic and Morgan City and uh, Sacred Heart, Bill Platt. Anyway, that's the Louisiana High School poll, Jeff, for uh, this week, uh, September the 26th. So uh, interesting, though, that uh, four teams from uh, the district that Westgate plays in are all three of them in the top four. Four in the top 11. Yeah, that's right. So the only team in that district not uh, in that ranking, I guess, would be Northside and is there one more team that has see, see, North Vermillion's now in that district? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, they uh, they were the team that beat the Lowerville Tigers last Friday night. Uh, I believe that game was in Lowerville, too. Uh, I think they beat the Tigers 35-21 in that game. Of course, we have Coach Terry Martin on uh, around the 8 o'clock hour to let us know uh, how his team's doing and uh, the things they need to do to get back on the winning track. Of course, the Tigers will uh, host Welsh. Uh, uh, this coming Friday night uh, at uh, Tiger Stadium over in Lorville. So, homecoming uh, there. Yeah, homecoming all the way around here, too. Uh, as Catholic High has their homecoming. I think you told me Nish has their homecoming. No, no. Uh, Acadiana Christian okay. playing at Nish has oh, their homecoming. That is correct. That. You're right. And uh, You, like you we, did hear Nish. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like we have one other school, too, that uh, has their homecoming. This, Delcom. Uh, yeah, Delcom. That's right. So... Uh, Anyway, we talked about that a little bit, uh, too, uh, as Jackson Wiggins ran for 317 yards on 19 carries uh, last Friday night as they went big, too, as the Delcom Panthers uh, t- uh, took down Lake Arthur uh, at Lake Arthur, too. So uh, hats off to Jackson for that. Uh, anyway, Jeff, um, let's go ahead and uh, take another break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs good-paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. 
Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Louisiana. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on uh, Big Tuesday, September the 27th. And, uh, Jeff, don't know if you saw this article. There was a voting snafu in the AP college football poll. And uh, uh, this week it shed some light on the process most uh, football fans lo- know little about how the AP voters submit their top 25 polls and uh, how the APA uh, the AP tries to limit mistakes. And Thomas Murphy, one of the 63 members of the media that submits votes each week uh, of the AP college football poll, he made a mistake on his submission this week. He put UNC, that's the University of North Carolina, at 17 instead of North Carolina State. Uh, he put the Wolfpack at 18 and inadvertently uh, left out Oregon. Uh, on his uh, intended 18, uh, he uh, asked fans for their forgiveness. The AP fixed the mistake and reissued the poll on Monday. It comes out on Sunday, so no teams moved spots. The only difference was point totals for NC State and Oregon changed a bit. The AP's Ralph D. Russo took the opportunity to give a little insider uh, baseball to further explain what happened. The voting is automated, he said, and I can see the results as the re- votes come in. That allows me to spot possible mistakes. Usually we catch them, reach out to the voter, and make a quick fix well before the poll is published. However, I'm also leery of influencing the way someone votes early this year. There was what I thought would uh, be a mistake. When I reached out, the voter said no, it was intentional, so that's not great. The deal uh, with Tom was he had had UNC, uh, North Carolina, that is, at 17, and I definitely thought it could have been a mistake, but he did have North Carolina State ranked, so I figured weird, but okay. Clearly, I should have been more aggressive, and gladly we could get it fixed, but that's uh, the process. We want to avoid questioning the voters, potentially influencing their votes, but uh, we also want them to uh, help them out when possible. So uh, interesting uh, scenario there, you know. And I've heard over the years with the coaches poll that the coach don't want to deal with it, and he'll give it to one of the graduate assistants to go ahead and file his, uh, his, his thought process 
on uh, uh, who's number one, down to 10, 25. So I've heard that many times before. And, and also and – I'll go back to uh, – we talk about the Louisiana Sports Writers Association and their poll and the idea that – the idea that they know what's going on throughout the entire state, I think, is sketchy. And I also think uh, a college football coach isn't really paying that much attention to what's going on. He's, you know, they focus. They spend a whole lot of time just getting ready for the next week. That's right. And worrying about um, that team, that team's film. And I just don't see them pouring over a lot of stats. And it's probably best in the hands of a graduate assistant who might have the time to do it. Not only that, I can recall uh, when Steve Spurrier was uh, associated with the coaches poll and was one of the 64 voting members. He used to, his preseason poll, he would always give Duke, uh, I think, a, a vote. And I'm not so sure if it's a first place vote he gave him in that regard. So they were, all, they were always in the poll after he had left Duke. He was there four years, I believe, and brought Duke's program up so far and uh, left Duke to head to Florida where he was for many years before he ventured into Washington, uh, land the commanders, uh, Redskins then, and uh, just had, uh, it was time for him to get out. Headed back to South Carolina for a few years, and uh, I'm sure was made a member at the Masters, so uh, can play a little golf there in uh, Augusta. So uh, with South Carolina being right there, Charleston. Anyway, uh, Jeff or Columbia, I should say, where the home of uh, the Gamecocks are. Uh, pretty much, uh, but so in those polls, it's uh, it's a hodgepodge, and a lot of teams get favoritism because of their traditions and they're well known. Uh, and once they start stumbling a little bit, they'll fall out. And you've seen that with some of the bigger programs over the years, too. But uh, early in the year, you never see any of those little small colleges uh, in the top 25. And by that, I say mostly private schools and the uh, smaller uh, G5 teams that, uh, yeah, just bounce up and make a name for themselves, like UL has done the last couple of years, too. So, uh, anyway, uh, just, uh, just a fun fact uh, to know that uh, people make mistakes and, and North Carolina and North Carolina State, believe me, uh, two different schools mm-hmm. <laughs> from that vantage point. So, uh, anyway, the uh, college uh, programs, uh, the polling is pretty interesting. And, and what I've seen, though, of North Carolina, I think they are somewhat overrated, too. Uh, I do, too. I think uh, Mac Brown's always been a good offensive-minded coach. His defenses have always been – even Texas, when he was at Texas. Uh, Texas had some great play- teams uh, when he was there, but uh, they would uh, give up points. So, uh, and Mac Brown, just, uh, he just his teams never played sound defenses uh, like even uh, uh, Nick Saban's Alabama teams have over the years. So, uh, but uh, uh, Nick Saban this year, uh, of course, they're number two right now behind Georgia. Georgia looks like the team uh, to beat right now in the SEC. So, um, uh, just uh, further facts. So, uh, we'll see how uh, that transpires in the next few weeks. So, anyway, Cajuns uh, uh, taking a tough loss this weekend. They uh, will be at home uh, Saturday. Might be homecoming for them, too. It might be South Alabama comes to town. The Jaguars got a pretty good team, too. Uh, They lost by a point to UCLA out in uh, Los Angeles over the weekend. So, uh, keep an eye on South Alabama. I think they're 3-1 on the year. So, it should be an interesting contest, too. Meanwhile, the Tigers of LSU – uh, they play Auburn, and I'm just looking up at our pocket guide here for the uh, Tigers, and they play Auburn at Auburn. 
and I think that game's at 11 o'clock. Uh, no, I think the Tennessee game is at 11. Oh, the Tennessee game? Okay. They, they, they usually announce two weeks ahead of time. Yeah, so uh, I guess it'll be. This uh, is mom- homecoming week at UL. So, okay, uh, all right. And one more homecoming uh, to uh, the list. So homecoming week for the Cajuns as they take on a, a pretty good South Alabama team, not to be taken lightly, especially after the bump in the road over in Monroe against uh, the Warhawks, uh, coached under Terry Bowden, uh, Bobby Bowden's uh, younger son, and along with Rich Rodriguez. So uh, they come back uh, late to beat the Cajuns 21-17. when they, I think the Cajuns had a 14 nothing lead in that game at one time. And uh, uh, Monroe comes back to score 17 points in the second half to down the uh, Cajuns 21 to 17. So uh, tough, tough game for coach uh, Mike uh, Desimo and hopefully uh, he can clean up things and all. And I know uh, with their first loss against Rice, uh, he took a lot of the blame not to have his kids prepared for that Rice game. Uh, in the meantime, uh, homecoming South Alabama, October 1st. Uh, Tell you what, Terry Bowden and Monroe really relish that. Oh, yeah. they, they have really hated how UL Lafayette has sort of taken over the Louisiana name. And they're kind of put off by that. And having lost uh, year after year since, I think, 2016, um, they said, yeah, this win is different. This win definitely has a different flavor to it. We like to beat them. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And, it's you know, if it wouldn't have been – for Louisiana Monroe to uh, inspire to take the University of Louisiana Monroe name, uh, UL would still be USL. No, yeah, USL, correct. Would still be USL. Yeah. They tried to, uh, years ago in this, uh, it's a political game. And they offered it to other schools, too, Southeastern was the, the first UL one. System. Yeah, Southeastern was the first one, and they, they denied. They, they d- uh, didn't want to get involved in that, and they... The overtures came to UL Monroe, and they decided to do it, and that's how UL, they had to have two schools to do it, and UL Monroe decided that, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that, and UL Lafayette uh, moved in that regard, and they've kind of taken the moniker that they're Louisiana. Uh, But I'm going to tell you a little story here quickly. The original University of Louisiana sits in New Orleans. Tulane was the first public school in uh, the state. To, they were the, they, yeah, they, and they went private in the uh, late 19th century. They were the University of Louisiana, and now they're, uh, Tulane University of Louisiana is their official name. So uh, they were the uh, original University of Louisiana. Anyway, um, pretty much uh, wraps up uh, just about our third segment here, Jeff, and uh, hope to have Coach Terry Martin on the line and tell us uh, what his plans are to get the Tigers back on a winning track, too, as they take on the Welsh Greyhounds come Friday night at Tiger Stadium. So uh, is it their homecoming, too? It is. It is. So uh, should put, it should be an interesting contest. So uh, uh, we're ready to take our next break and get Coach Martin on the line. Anyway, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back uh, with Coach Terry Martin right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack and on Sunday, 5th edition plays after the Saints game from 1 to 5. The Saints play at 8.30 and the Quarter Tavern will be serving breakfast by R3. Donations accepted to benefit St. Jude's. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry and now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September 27th. And back with us uh, on the line is head football coach uh, Terry Martin from the Lauraville Tigers. Good morning, coach, and uh, glad to have you back. Good morning, y'all. Thank y'all for having me on today. Yeah, coach, uh, big game, uh, of course, uh, last week uh, we – didn't happen to have you on our Saturday morning uh, show, but uh, can you uh, rehash uh, the game against North Familiar? And I know you came out on the short end of the score, but uh, not familiar with uh, what took place uh, against uh, North Familiar over Tiger Stadium. Uh, could you rehash maybe your game uh, this past uh, Friday? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we actually we you know we improved a little bit on offense, uh, moved the ball better, uh, you know, scored uh, several, you know, a few, got I think three touchdowns in the game. We, uh, but looking back on it, man, we, we actually moved it really well the first drive. The first time we got the ball and uh, came up short probably right inside the 20 and, uh, and ended up not converting on a field goal attempt. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, that probably could have made a huge difference in the game. Uh, I, I think uh, just for, from a mental uh, standpoint, uh, you know, we ended up coming back, scoring a few touchdowns, and went, went ahead at one point. And uh, but just just couldn't quite close the deal. Uh, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to North Vermillion. They they stuck with their basic game plan. They they basically ran three running plays at us all night long. And uh, you know what they were having success on, they stuck with. A lot of times, you know, guys calling plays will uh, will kind of get a little nervous and, and think, you know, I'm running the same thing. Sooner or later, they're going to pick it up. Or a lot of a lot of other guys maybe will start trying to throw it around and just to, you know to, to mix it up. When when things are working, and uh, to their credit, uh, you know they they were a little bit bigger than we were, and uh, they kept pounding the ball in certain places. And, and at the end of the day, we just couldn't stop them. Uh, 
you know, they ended up being more physical than we were. And, uh, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit. We, we had a chance to still be right in the game. And I think somewhere inside of our 30, maybe around our own 25, we ended up having a turnover. And, uh, besides that opening drive when we didn't score, you know, obviously I think that was the turning point in the game. You know, we, we, we still had a chance to win. And when we turned it over close to our own goal line, we, we just couldn't make the stop. And that kind of put it away, you know, for us right there. So, you know, you, Again, a, a real physical game. You know, we've come off two or three of those really physical games uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so, you know, we just got to keep on working. Uh, we still got a lot of good football ahead of us, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we got a tough opponent coming in this week, I tell you that much. So uh, we, we don't have time to, to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. We got to get right back to work and get ready to play a really good opponent this coming Friday. Uh, is it, it is homecoming there this week, right? It is correct, uh, and again, you know that brings a whole new set of uh, of its own type of issues in. You know, uh, with uh, you know, this is a, this community again really gets behind the football team and really gets in the homecoming week. Uh, and there's all kind of stuff all around the town, uh, you know, signs and different things going up, and uh, you know, so you always got to, you know, all coaches kind of, you know, have a, a kind of a I guess a love hate relationship with homecoming because you know you got to be careful and make sure the kids don't get focused on on too many of the wrong things. And, uh, you know, we have to constantly remind them that we do have a football game to play. You know, a lot of the homecoming activities are for those people coming back who may have graduated from here. Uh, you know, it's a lot for the community to get involved in. So, uh, you know, it's always, a, I guess, the, the, the first task for football coaches is to make sure that the kids stay focused. And it makes it really more difficult because, like I said, this is a really good opponent. Uh, they're actually undefeated. Coming here this Friday, you know, really good West team. But, uh, you know, again, we got uh, it's all part of the deal. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good practice in install yesterday, and hopefully today we can continue that, you know, and have some some good practices to get ready for this Friday night. Certainly have some good weather for it uh, and for all the different homecoming activities. And as I uh, mentioned to Coach Antoine yesterday, uh, they're homecoming this week too. And I know you're not on the homecoming committee, but uh, any details on uh, related events? Sure. And if I talk about it, you know, I, I got up early this morning and went to do my little morning walk. You know, I walk around my property with my, my dog. And when I walked out in shorts, I said, oh, I almost had to turn around and go back in the house. Uh, you know, I, you got to love when that first little cool front comes through. And I think, you know, it can, I, I, it can only benefit us, you know, because, again, uh, we got several guys going both ways. And, uh, you know, that's always a concern early in the year. So, you know, hopefully this, this cooler weather kind of gives our kids uh, a little bit of extra pep in their step, uh, when, you know, especially for practice more than anything else. But uh, we do have different activities. Uh, yesterday was a regular day. Today, uh, well, I think it's either 5.30 or 6 o'clock. I'm not sure exactly what time it is, but we're having the little annual powder puff game where, you know, the, uh, the different classes, the girls actually, you know, put on flag and they, the flags, they play a little flag football game. Uh, some of the players uh, act as coaches for each of their class teams. And I think there's even some, some of the, the male students, they dress up, you know, like cheerleaders. And, uh, you know, so that, that's going to go on tonight. We normally have a pretty big turnout for that. Uh, I think we're going to have, like, our ninth grade girls play the 10th grade girls, and then the 11th will play the 12th. And, uh, you know, uh, a couple of the coaches and I will be the referees. And, and uh, you, believe it or not, it, it actually gets pretty, it's pretty wild sometimes. You know, the girls take it pretty seriously, and each class takes it pretty seriously. So, uh, you know, we got to make sure we keep them uh, within the lines of, a, of a, a game. So we have that this week. Wednesday is just a, a regular day. And then Thursday, uh, it, it's just been a really, really 
uh, phenomenal thing since I've been here. Thursday, we're going to have the homecoming parade. Uh, that begins at 5.30. We normally have anywhere from 15 to 20 floats, and the entire community comes out. And uh, well, once that parade ends, we, we weren't able, actually, the last couple of years to do it with all the COVID protocols. But I think we're going to you know, go back and be able to do, like, like the first year or two I was here, the parade ends at our high school gym, and then the entire community uh, comes into the gym uh, for the pep rally. So uh, it, it, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. Again, uh, I, I, you know, I warn the kids, and, and I stay nervous all week. You know, and, uh, this, this this community is just uh, it, it's, it's kind of crazy how much the kids and, and actually a lot of the adults get into this whole toilet paper and thing. Uh, you know, they, they they go around and they toilet paper everybody's house. My house got hit last night. Uh, and they almost take it to extremes, and so that, that kind of makes me nervous, you know, with our players. But uh, once it's all said and done, you know, it, it, it's really a, a pretty phenomenal community event. So hopefully we can put a good product on the field Friday and, and have a chance to win this game. You know, I, I witnessed uh, toilet paper uh, on Main Street. It's Catholic High's homecoming this week, too, and I see this house get hit every year, and it's a big yard, a bunch of oak trees, and... It takes forever for this toilet paper to go away. You just hope for some rain soon after that to, to help uh, you know, dissipate it, uh, have it biodegrade a little bit quicker. But I, I don't think you're going to have that luck this week. Uh, oh, man, no. And, look, I, I've been living it probably, I guess, about four years now. Uh, you know, my, my, with my son being a junior, that uh, we, we, we get hit pretty good. And, and you know, I, I actually have, I, I want to say, probably at least 20 trees. You know, that, that I planted around my property, oaks, uh, different type of oak trees, a couple of cypress, you know, really tall trees. And, man, for, for the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll be picking it up. And it's funny, I'll, you know, six, seven months later, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll roll a toilet paper, I'll fall out the tree that's been there that I couldn't <laughs> reach. You know, and, and uh, so it, uh, you know, it, again, I, I'm not, I'm, I've never really kind of understood the attraction for it. But, uh, but man, they, they, they really, you know. They could take streams. You pass in front of our school right now. I'm sure you can see it everywhere because, like you mentioned, Westgate, Catholic High, it's all, it's all the same homecoming week. So uh, the, the Dollar Generals and the Family Dollars, they better stock up on toilet paper because there's going to be a lot of people buying it. There you go. What do you know about uh, Welsh? Let's talk about the game. Uh, what do you expect from the Greyhounds? Man, they, uh, they, they're a pretty good football team. They, you know, they, they run a little bit more of a spread attack, but they actually still prefer to run the ball a little more. Uh, but they do have the ability, uh, compared to some of the other teams we played, they have the ability to throw it pretty well, too. They, they have a, a really tall, young, dynamic receiver. Uh, the quarterback is a really good athlete, uh, real good running back. And, uh, you know, again, they only run a couple of different plays on offense, but they have a really good scheme. Uh, I think the thing that stands out is that they're just extremely physical. Uh, really don't have a weakness on their offensive line. You know, they, they're not extremely big. But, man, they, they, they come off the ball well. They really get after it, really aggressive. they got a really good running back. So they're really going to be a task to, to try to slow down. Uh, and you turn it over on the other side of the ball, uh, defensively it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, a really aggressive, really uh, well-coached uh, defensive football team. They, they play with great technique. And when you put that together with being really physical and aggressive, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they, I guess it was maybe a rain or a lightning thing uh, in week one. They were, uh, they were, they played tender, and actually the game got canceled and was never, was never replayed. But since then, they, I want to say they scored 56 week two, they scored 65 points week three, and then last week they scored 73 points. 
Uh, so, you know, again, big, tall task. You know, they, they played some teams. Obviously, they were they, they kind of outmatched. Uh, and I, I want to say several of those scores with their JV squad. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can put up a little bit better fight and, and uh, you know, continue to improve because, we, you know, like I said, we did improve. I thought on offense last week we still got some things to clean up and hopefully get a little bit better. But uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, on, you know, defensively, we just well, I, we tackled a little bit better in some cases, but, uh, you know, we, we, we had several chances, uh, I thought, to put that game away last week where, you know, it might have been a situation where it was third and 11, and they run the ball, and we got the guy wrapped up in the backfield, and he got out of the tackle and got the first down. Uh, that, that like, When I mentioned we turned the ball over close to our goal line, four down, they're going for it. We have the guy wrapped up in the backfield. He got out of the tackle and, and scored. You know, so that that's a, just a, a very concerning thing and something that we're going to continue to work on today and tomorrow. You know, our two heavy days and pads, we work on tackling. So we still got to, uh, you know, I thought we improved some, but evidently not enough. So that's one thing we got to get back to, to work and get better at. Or, you know, again, it's going to be a long night. Gotcha. Coach, uh, any final uh, things to let the fans know for Friday night in particular? Uh, no, no. Once, once, you know, like I said, this this uh, this powder puff thing tonight and the parade Thursday, Friday nights just you know just be a regular game for us uh, at home at uh, halftime. They will, you know, be announcing who the homecoming queen is. But uh, but again, you know, we'll be in in the locker room, you know, doing doing our halftime adjustments and planning. But that's about it. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be more people in town, and I'm sure there there'll be more people, you know, cooking outside and that kind of thing, especially with this weather. And like I've mentioned many times before, I think that's what makes this this football community is so great. There's, there's so many people get into it. There's signs all around town. And so I'm, I'm sure we'll see a lot more people cooking and, and you know, coming to the game Friday. Very good. Well, best of luck in this week of preparation and keeping them focused. But as always, thanks for joining us on these Tuesday mornings. Thank you all very much for having me. Hopefully we have a, a happy conversation Saturday morning. There you go. And we will be back at it Saturday. But, uh, again, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, good luck, Coach. Thank you all, man. Take all right. Appreciate that. Yep, sure do. Uh, of course, uh, they uh, stumbled a little past this past week uh, as they lost to North Vermilion, which is a pretty good football team, a 4 squad uh, in one of the toughest districts in the state uh, in that regard. So uh, good luck to Coach. Well, and we'll, we'll soon find out how good North Vermilion is. Oh, yes. Because they, they've they got a few tests, as Westgate has a few tests ahead of them. Uh, they're 4-0 sitting on top of those um, uh, polls. But, again, uh, some good teams coming up. Oh, yeah, and uh, we'll see uh, St. Thomas Moore, LCA, uh, for the Turlings. You're talking about some good football teams. You just hope they don't beat each other up out of the playoffs or, or you know, hurt their playoff standings by beating each other up. Yeah, and that could happen, too, uh, in that regard. So especially if they beat one during the regular season and, you know, a revenge for the second game of the playoffs. But time will tell. Uh, today in sports history, September the 27th. In 1881, Jeff, I saw this. I had to tell you, the Cubs that day beat Troy. I don't know who Troy is. Is that the former Yankee team? I don't know. Troy, New York. Anyway, before a small crowd of 12. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, 1914, Cleveland second where, baseman. Where was Lee Elio when you needed him? <laughs> talking about small crowds. Yeah, Lee Elio. Unemployed. Uh, well, Cleveland second base in Naplawashaway collects his 3,000th hit. He's the third man in baseball to do it. Cap Hansen was the first and the great uh, 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 shortstop from the Pirates, uh, whose name escapes me right now. Uh, oh, all-time great shortstop in the major leagues, uh, played for the Pirates. 
Anyway, uh, Nap Lawajaway was uh, third man to collect 2,000 hits. Uh, did it the same year. Anyway, 1919 Red Sox slugger. That's right. Babe Ruth takes his major league home run record to 29 with a third inning blast and a 7-5 defeat to the Senators at the old Griffith Stadium. In 1921, uh, this guy set two world records in 100 meters and 150-yard freestyle events at the AAU Nationals in Brighton Beach, New York. Johnny Weismuller, my original and only Tarzan for that uh, (laughs) purpose. Elsewhere, in 1923, New York Yankee Lou Gehrig hits his first home run of his major league career. He goes on to hit 493 homers, just seven shy. Of course, we all know Lou Gehrig, uh, ALS, the disease that was named after what he caught back in the late 30s or contacted. Uh, Elsewhere, in 1930, Chicago Cubs, Hack Wilson hits two homers to give him an NL record 56 homers on the year. Hack Wilson also holds the major league record for RBIs in a season. Same same season, I believe. uh, uh, Maybe it was a 31 season, but 190 RBIs. Pretty impressive. Elsewhere in 1930, the U.S. Amateur Men's Golf uh, Championship at Marion Country Club. Bobby Jones scores an 8-7 win over Eugene F. Hammonds to win his fifth national amateur title and clinch golf's Grand Slam. Of course, back then, no Masters. You had the two amateurs of Britain and the United States, along with the two Opens, the U.S. Open and the British Open. Elsewhere in 1931, the closest National League batting race ends where St. Louis Cardinals' Chick Hafney's .34889 beat out uh, New York Giants' Bill Terry .34861. Of course, Bill Terry, the last man to hit 300, uh, excuse me, 400 in the National League. In 1931, Lou Gehrig completes his sixth straight season playing in every game. In 1936, first baseman Walter Alston, we all know that name, with the Brooklyn Dodgers and uh, the uh, L.A. Dodgers for 23 years, only major league game he plays in uh, in his career. Mm. Kind of like the Moonlight Graham of the (laughs) Cardinals. Elsewhere, uh, in 1942, the New York Giants beat the Washington Redskins 14-7, the kicker. They didn't make a first down of the game, the Giants. Not a first down. Must have been a punt return, interception return, fumble return. Elsewhere, in 1950, uh, heavyweight champ Ezra Charles defeats Joe Lewis in 15 rounds at Yankee Stadium. 1968, uh, Cardinal super pitcher Bob Gibson records his 13th shutout of the year. Of course, he goes on to win the MVP in the Cy Young uh, with an ERA of 1.12. Wow. In 1987, the NFL player strike begins in the United States, and we're all looking for football. That's when the uh, scam players come out uh, in those rest, I think, three games they played that year. 1987, the Ryder Cup at Murfield Village in Europe beats the U.S. 15-13 after a 13-0 unbeaten record in 60 years. The U.S. loses for the first time on its home soil. Elsewhere in 2005, the Braves clinched their 14th straight division title thanks to a Phillies loss to the Mets. Hard to believe they, uh, not the Yankees, have the most division titles since divisional play in 69. That's right. Dominated that division for many years. Of course, they had three Hall of Fame pitchers, too, in that regard. And here's one of them. In 2008, Greg Maddox wins his final start of his career, number 355. And you really wonder if you have uh, any uh, 300 uh, major League uh, winners throughout the baseball. Elsewhere, birthdays today. Johnny Pesky, baseball player, uh, also the manager of the uh, Red Sox for a few years. They named a Pesky pole after him in right field. 
because he hit it so often during the course of his career. He's also held the ball too long in the 46 series, uh, not throwing out country slaughter at the plate as the Cardinals going to beat the Red Sox. 1935, John Stanford, college baseball coach and administrator at Middle Tennessee. Didn't know this. Born in Opelousas, Louisiana. Mm. Elsewhere, born on this date, 1949, Mike Smith, Hall of Fame third baseman, MVP, 12-time All-Star, born in Dayton, Ohio. And a couple of deaths I wanted to uh, talk about just momentarily. In 1956, Babe Diedrichson Zaharis, probably the best all-around female athlete ever. She won 10 LPGA majors. She won Olympic gold in the 80-meter hurdle. She won it in the javelin. She died of cancer at 45 years old. Wow. In 1998, Doak Walker, college football and pro Hall of Fame, uh, Heisman Trophy winner in 48, first team all pro four times with the Lions, dies in a skiing accident, injured at, at 71. Wow. 2010, George Blanda, the NFL kicker and quarterback, died on this date back in 1910 of the Bears, Oilers, and Raiders. He dies at 83. And one thing about George Blanda, of the oldest NFL, AFL player ever, played till he was 48. I wonder if Tom Brady is trying to I, catch I, that. Unless Tom can start <laughs> kicking the ball, I, I don't see that happening. Anyway, uh, with Mike Smith's birthday today, I thought I'd get a quote from him. He said of, the, of Pete Rose, Pete Rose is the most likable, arrogant person I ever met. <laughs> Mike Smith thought of Pete Rose. And, Jeff, that's today in sports history, September 27th. That's kind of like saying, of all the murderers, he's really the (laughs) nicest. That's right. Anyway, yeah. Pete Rose, the most arrogant, likable, arrogant person. One of person. them has to be the best, I guess. You know? Oh, well. Anyway. You Mike Schmidt uh, beat the Cubs more times than I care to remember. That was a shortstop in college, too. Oh, okay. Played third, of course, uh, for most of his career. A little at first base, too, I think, uh, yes. toward the end. Anyway, I want to thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49 next fall, L.A. Classic Roofing. The Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, the Headache and Pain Center. And, of course, we thank our guest today, Terry Martin. Two coaches tomorrow, better than a date with the Double Mint Twins. we got both Coach Artie Liuza at Delcom and Rick Hudson at Highland Baptist tomorrow. News is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes, then Lee Kane, the Breakfast Club. Pick it up after that.